Welcome to Soulful Connections. I'm Amanda Solar, your host. I started this podcast because I believe when we share our thoughts, our stories, and experiences, we help one another to create more meaningful lives. And I also think that an important part of life revolves around our search for meaningful connection. That seems to only happen when we get real about who we are and we authentically share that. So listen in, try to answer these questions yourself, and let's connect. So today I am here with Robert Henschel and I went to school with Bob. I went to high school with Bob. We went to a small Catholic high school in Lansdale, Pennsylvania. And really, you know, I was thinking back, like, what do I remember about Robert Henschel? And you know, the thing that is most compelling and the thing that I remember is probably what I'm thinking everybody remembers. And that is, you were just the smartest kid in school. You were just the smartest kid. I okay. always thought oh. of you as no, no. no. Just like- here's, here's what. No, I, I actually have the yearbook in my hand. Oh my gosh, and I lost me, mine. Let me just say at the outset, okay? You look every bit like you did in high school. No, I actually have your picture marked. I looked at your last Facebook oh, posting <laughs> with um, that Mrs. Castro, uh, did the, your last episode, um, her last oh, name. Oh, with Cheryl Castro. Castro. I actually compared, you look every bit like you did in high school. Me, on the other hand, most of my hair went gray and what didn't go gray migrated to my ears and my back. Listen, you look fabulous and you know, Zoom is a great thing. I wish I could live my life via Zoom, honestly. You know, people are like, oh, I hate Zoom. I'm like, not me. <laughs> Got a ring light. I would carry my ring light all around with me if I could carry my ring light out. Yeah, I, but but the bottom line is I do. I just remember you just being super, super smart. And, you know, well, um, the, there's so many the things. The proof in the pudding is I was not the smartest kid in school. There were nine people ahead of me, according to the yearbook. But... And I bumped out one or two, but we won't go there. <laughs> well, I was not even ever in the running. So from me looking on, you know, from my perch, it was definitely like, wow, that's so fabulous. You know, um, I just respected it so much. And, but I, I was thinking back and I don't know, I don't know if you mind that I start with this because what I was thinking about, Bob, is we did go to a Catholic school. I went through 12 years of Catholic school. You probably did as well. I went and, 16. Oh my gosh. You did? I went to a Catholic college. I went to what is now DeSales University. Oh, in wow. Those, in those days, it was Allentown College of France, St. Francis DeSales. Right. Um, it was, they, the property hosted the seminary for the diocese of Allentown at the time. Now, now they, the, the, the 
the college has since taken over the cemetery property and the priests now have to go to Philadelphia for their training. So, right. but 16, yes, year, 16 years hard time. You know what? I just have to ask you, there's that's it's loaded with so much as a fellow Catholic school graduate, not as long. Um, because what did it feel like, Bob? You're open about your sexuality. Well, I think. Well, let's get let's get real. Okay. Um and by the way, let me just I'm, go back and say I'm, I had no idea who was what, and even that people were gay in high school. Like we just came from such a background that I didn't even well, I, I happen, I happen to know, I happen to know two other classmates who are, as far as I, the two other classmates, as far as I know, they shall remain nameless. No, I know who they, yeah. But isn't that crazy that there's probably way more, Bob, probably way, way more. Well, I have said for years, because there were people I thought were, and they turned out not so much. Right. There were other people's, I, other people I thought no way. And it's like, really? Yeah. Um, yeah. But what did that feel like as a boy? Because when you're going to a Catholic school, you're taught basically you can be a priest, a nun, married, even single isn't really celebrated. No, it's not. Um, you, know? you know what? I, I will tell you. Um, the only way I can phrase it is there was a lot of damage. Yeah. And I have emotional scars and I'm going to brace your listeners. Um, I have emotional scars that will be screaming faggot at me till the day I die. It's, you know. Wow. And, you know, there have been, a, there's been a lot of psychotherapy. There's been a lot of anonymous support groups. And I phrase it that way for a reason. Um, You know, I'm very lucky that somehow I got through in one piece. Um, others of us did not make it through. Um, we either, they either died of AIDS or, you know, because on some, I mean, I know I'm not going to blame them, but, you know, they died of AIDS, they killed themselves. It's still a problem. Um, yeah. You know, trans women get murdered on a near daily basis. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, and I'm gonna quote the I'm gonna quote the gospel according to Rockwell. All I want is to be left alone in my average home. You know, my my four-bedroom, two-bath end unit villa in Dania Beach, Florida, with all the artwork I inherited from my late husband. God rest his soul, may his memory be a blessing. You know, I just want to be left alone. I am not interested in your boys, okay? I may look longingly at your husband if he's particularly good looking, but even <laughs> then, I know to keep my hands off. Don't we all, Bob, don't we all? <laughs> you know, yeah. um, you know we, we, we all muddle through and, you know, for the baby gay boy and the baby lesbian girl and the baby trans person and the baby gender non-conforming. Um, you know, there was a, a marketing campaign a few years ago, it gets better. It does. Um, 
I sort of kind of lean into, um, you know, my teasing goes back to grade school before you even knew me in high school, because I went to, I went to grade school in Somerdale, New Jersey. And, you know, there, I, I now lean into some of the names they called me over there, um, which is why I, you know, I embrace. Oh. Well, there, there's, there's a power into leaning into yeah. the things used to, that, that they used, that they weaponized against you. You know, I had a nickname in grade school that I'm not going to repeat here, but it's basically a chicken reference. Um, and now I just lean into it. For years and years and years, I referred to myself as the Widow Hen, which was an old Warner Brothers cartoon. She was like, she would show up in the Foghorn Leghorn cartoons of Warner Brothers. You know, the skinny chicken with glasses and a bonnet. And, you know, recently a, a, I have a friend in Phoenix that I hang out with Disney all the time, you know, annually in June. Um, he introduced me to a character from Disney's version of Robin Hood with all the animals called Lady Cluck. And it's like, that's me. I am Lady Cluck, formerly <laughs> known as Widow Hen. Right. So, I love it. I yeah, love it. I, I, so I've learned to lean into it because, and I learned this from a therapist a thousand years ago. What you resist persists. Cool. And the more I resist it, it's just going to nag at me, it nag at me, it nag at me. But if I embrace it, and you can't get more embracing than Lady Clock, quite frankly, it's like it ceases to run me. Yes. Yeah. You know, Bob, I wasn't even thinking about bullying. I didn't even think about that aspect. I, I think that I was probably living in my own little world and what I was, I was thinking about this quiet, just inner sense of, hey, I'm a little bit different, which we all have, you know, because hopefully we're not homogenized, but that is powerful. What do you attribute your resilience to? Because like you said, that has felled many a human being on one level and in many ways. You know what, if I had, I'm Irish. We're stubborn. Yeah, you we know, are. And I believe you are too, you know. Mm -hmm. Because I, I, in my mind, I still know you under your maiden name, Amanda right. Sullivan, you know. And, right. and of course, I, you know, of course, and. Yes. No, I think part of it is the Irish. You know, my, my, father, my father was half German, allegedly. They, they're known to be stubborn too. Oh, um, yeah. You know, and I. I, I've thought about this once or twice. Um, you know, I think on some level, there's something unnameable that sort of kept me going. And I, I may never be able to name it till I'm dead in the box. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, I mean, it's just some, some I mean, who knows what it is? I mean, apparently I got it. I don't know what it is. I think there's a lot of things I got that, you know, I still wouldn't be single if I had known what it knew what it is. But um, just some things are just meant to be. I mean, I can't put it any better than that. Yeah. And what would you say, you know, what role does spirituality have in your life? What place does it have in your life? We came from such a rigid background as it relates to that. 
Does yeah. it have a place? Um, it does. It's mutated and changed several thousand times. Um, <clears throat> I don't want to go into a lengthy dissertation because this would be the longest podcast episode you ever have. <laughs> um, I, I will say this. I've run the gamut from, um, and, and I'll phrase it the way I phrased it in some of my support meetings. Sometimes the only prayer I've been able to muster is F you, God. That's how bad it got. There have been other times where I was really stinking clear that there was a higher power on my side and guiding me through everything. Um, and I think, well, I can't speak for everybody, but I know of several people who that has been their, their path. Um, I think, you know, if you go through this life and you don't question anything in your life, I don't think you've lived. Okay. You certainly haven't, I don't think you've grown. You know, and I don't claim to have grown by any stretch of the imagination. I have a very lovely woman in Tallahassee who'll start wagging her finger at me. But um, who is that? Um, her name is Michael Sue, and that's all I'm going to say on the matter. By the way, she'd be a good interview. Oh, good She's, to know. Yeah. Um, oh, I think we've had to have grown. And I think I learned this in Lansdale Catholic, but Thomas Merton, I. I think it was Thomas Merton said something like a man of faith is not is a man of doubt because faith is not the suppression of doubt you know I'm totally paraphrasing and he said it much better no, but, but it's kind of right and and he's shown up in some of the literature I read for my support groups yeah you know um I, I will say this much you know I I made a veiled reference to anonymous support groups and you know I am a believer of collective wisdom you know, these are groups that have been around 60, 70, 80 years and have helped thousands and thousands and thousands of people around the world. And when you have that many people together for a common purpose, whatever that common purpose may be, you know, there's a wisdom that grows out of it that just benefits everybody. Even if, even if they never hear some of these, you know, wisdom pieces that come out of the mouths of what whoever you know eventually it gets to it if it eventually gets to you or to me personally I should speak for myself I wholeheartedly agree it's one of the reasons uh in a, in a sense that I even do this podcast because I kind of want to go like hey I know what it's like for me you know we're all here on the planet like what's it like for you and let's kind of drop the the artifice and just really connect and, and share, you know, a, our journeys, what we've learned, what we still have to learn, you know. And, and um, I'm going to say this. Um, I'm my train of thought just derailed as it's want to do. No, um, a little, little bit of a wisdom from the gospel of steel magnolias. If you don't have anything nice to say, come sit next to me. <laughs> now it's meant to it's meant to be a joke but 
you know, we sort of we sort of set this up around the premise of discussing the fact that I am a gay widow, and of course that brings up. But I've learned in through this process, come sit next to me is a really powerful, I mean, really stinking powerful tool of healing. And that's beautiful because because and I appreciate you, you know, having me on in the whole nine yards. Um, you know, because for a lot, a lot of years, I thought I was the only one as I do the air quotes yeah. and even if, even something as simple, you know, I, I think of, you know, in the, in the immediate aftermath after my partner Bruce died and he's gone 11 years, God rest his soul, may his memory be a blessing. My nice Jewish boy. Um, I don't know what it is about me and Jewish men, but, it, and if any of your listeners are single anyway. <laughs> um, but in the immediate aftermath, as I was, you know, trying to keep my head above water, um, you know, there were, you know, I'd be in one of my meetings and someone, you know, my husband died six months ago. I've been widowed twice. Um, you know, my child passed away from an overdose. And yeah, you know, let's talk about how they never named, you know, when you lose your parents, they call you an orphan. When you lose a spouse, they call you a widow. But when you lose a child, they never named it. They never named it. And that's because it's, it's worse because it's just so unnatural. But, and I've digressed a little bit as I want to do. Um, <laughs> Me too. But you know, when you tell someone come sit next to me, either A, they've done, they've been what they've been through what you're going through, and now you're not the only one, or B, and sometimes this is more important, they're an ally. And while they may not have the issue, they're willing to open their minds and open their hearts and, and open the seat next to them for a sense of safety. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, um, I love that, Bob. And, and I'm going to just give you a little suggestion. Mm -hmm. I think you need to do a podcast and call it Come Sit Next to Me. So I'm just putting that in your I, bonnet. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't have the patience for... I, I'm, a, I'm a good podcast guest. I don't know that I could run a podcast. I, I, I actually wrote, you know... I wrote some things down in case I needed to insert something or refresh right. my memory, but you know, I don't have, I don't have the brain power to write new material every week or even every month. I don't know. I think you'd be really interesting, but um, we talked about a little bit about COVID. Yeah. Um, so COVID came after you'd been made a widow, right? Way after. Way after. What was that like for you? How did you fare? Well, COVID made, this is just my take on it. And I like how this was phrased. COVID made us go to our rooms and think about what we had done. That is um, Yeah. And I took full advantage of it. 
um, okay. you know, because every, just about every place I was going to for one reason or another shut down. Um, in fact, I had to cancel a Palm Springs, a trip to Palm Springs, California. I love Palm Springs, California. And I will die mad about this trip. I had a first class airline ticket on Delta for less than a thousand dollars. Yeah, oh, that's, I will that's die sad. mad. I had to cancel that trip. But in any event, everything shut down around me for the most part. I'm in Florida. We all know how that's turning out, but I digress. Um, but because I was sort of trapped in the house and, you know, we, we talked about Zoom later and we're obviously doing it on that, but, you know, a lot of, you know, my office never really shut down. So I, you know, I was masked, but I was in my office and, and people who could work from home worked from home uh, or they were on this is a construction company. So they might've been on job sites, sort of isolated and away from everybody. Um, but come around Sunday night at 5.30, it was like the hair on my head, what's left of it is started to stand up, stand up about. Ugh. So, you know, I, I, COVID in a lot of ways was really good for me because money I would normally spend just got socked in the bank, which is a good thing because yes. I had a, my, I have a, a friend I used to work with at the construction company. She was here yesterday and, you know, discussing things I need to do around the house, you know, exterior repairs, interior repairs, oh. you know, the trials mm. and tribulations of home ownership. I don't need to tell you that. <laughs> um, and it's not easy on one income, by the way. No. <clears throat> um, but, you know, I took advantage of, you know, being able to go anywhere around the world for any of, I mean, I'm still on a Sunday night going to one of my groups that has a meeting in Palm Springs, California. For the longest time, I was hitting one in Georgia. And then I have a, a, a local lady who she has her finger on everything in, in, in regards to this one group I'm in. And it was like, she was constantly sending me stuff. England, Australia, I mean, everywhere, New Zealand. Um, so, you know, I, I got through COVID reasonably well. Of course, it killed what little dating life I had. But, yeah. and I'll get real, my dating life has been bad for the longest time. Men won't even hurl an insult at me. I mean, not <laughs> that I want, it's like they don't even see me. Mm. But I, you know, I, I think it's a crazy environment to date. And I hated dating anyway, when I think back to the dark ages when I did. <laughs> you don't, you don't want to know how bad it's gotten. I, you know, I don't, I, I mean, I can only imagine. Yeah, I, I met Bruce in October of 06. He died four years later. And it's Crushing. just, I want to, that's probably why I lost most of my hair. Is <laughs> just, you know, I mean, first off, let's get real. 
when you become a widow, I mean, I, I swear I aged 10 years overnight. And, and the bags under my eyes that started as fanny bags became steamer trunks. I mean, that's, I mean, I literally, I, I, I have the last known picture of Bruce and I together. Our fourth anniversary at Disney World and somebody actually had, I actually had to give my password to somebody to break into the Disney photo pass system to look at everything we had taken because he was dead 10 days after our fourth anniversary. Wow. Oh my you know, God. The last, picture, the last picture was nine days before he died. So I had to have somebody break into my Disney photo pass account and pick the picture for me. Yeah. Oh I had gosh. so much. And I, I looked at my yearbook picture, and when I see how much hair I had back in the day, I just want to cry. Just want to cry, because it's like, where did it go? It went down the drain in my shower. I, I had more hair back then, too, by the way, Bob. <laughs> well, Our, it, we it, women, it thins out a little bit, I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> well, in those days, you also used a can of hairspray every time you well, went that's out. True. It was, you know, a, you know, here. So you mentioned Disney World, and I know you love Disney World. What is it, Bob, about Disney World that That's just easy. you love? What is I it? am able to give myself as an adult what I wanted as a kid. It's really that simple. And you know, there's a, there's this concept of an inner child, and I think on some level that is absolutely true, but. I, I am simply giving myself as an adult what I wanted as a child. Yeah. And, and I don't know. I, yeah. I do Disney. I do Universal. Um, you know, I sorted to Hufflepuff. So when I go to Universal, I dress in, in yellow and black. Oh, I might be a Hufflepuff too. I kind of forget, but I think I am. But maybe I just think I am. Maybe I... Well, yeah, who here's, knows? here's what I learned. Here's what I learned about Hufflepuff House. Allegedly, from what I've read, um, Helga Huff, the, the House of Hufflepuff traditionally took everyone who didn't fit into the other three houses. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. I love that. That is so beautiful. Bob, um, what do you do like when you get up in the morning? Like what motivates you? What gets you ready for those days where you are kind of, you know, hitting a slump or maybe overwhelmed by life? Well, I get overwhelmed every morning. Yeah, I, I think a, that's natural. It's called, a, it's called a girl's gotta eat. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's what, a lot of times that's what's mo what motivates me. Yeah. Um, and and quite frankly, you know, COVID, you know, I am starting to question some of my life choices. Um, you know, when I, when I sent your questions originally, I mentioned that at one point I had trained to be a licensed massage therapist and, you know, for whatever reason, it didn't work out. And I went back to my original career, which was accounting. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm questioning that again because you don't take hard looks at yourself when you got nothing else to do because of COVID and you're, all you're doing is taking a hard look at yourself uh, yeah. if you're lucky. Um, so I'm, you know, I, I'm wondering, 
you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I get up every morning. I do have, a, you know, a couple of daily readers that I do. Um, you know, just something to exercise the mind. Um, you know, I have, I am, I'll just call it a, a stickler for scheduling. Um, you know, in the, in the pre-COVID days, I was lucky enough I could take a train to work. There's a, a train system that runs along um, I-95 in South Florida called Tri-Rail. And there's a station about a mile from the house and there's a station up at my office across the street, across the parking lot from where my office is. So I'm not gonna drive when I don't have to. Um, obviously COVID changed that, but I still leave my house at 7.15 to get to work at eight o'clock in the morning, even though I'm driving now, simply because, you know, I, I stick to, I stick to a schedule, you know, yeah, I um, do too. And sometimes, um, and I've had this discussion, you know, sometimes doing the same thing all the time. I mean, um, when all else fails, you know, and I can remember, um, you know, in the, in the first two weeks after Bruce died, it was like, just stick to the schedule. You know, yeah. yes, I had, I had bereavement leave and I took full advantage of it, but it's like, and I actually, you know, threw some extra things into the schedule just, just to get out of the house. Um, but it was like, you know, I stick to a schedule because, um, And I, I know how I want to phrase it in my head, and it just it sound it kind of gets lost in the translation. But you know, I guess um, I'll go with the roots and wind, wings thing. Um, you know, when you, when I have a solid foundation, you know, a regular schedule that I stick to. You know, occasionally, you know, maybe I'm traveling, it has to change yet. That's one thing. But when I have a solid foundation, I think, you know, now I've got someplace solid to take off from. You know, they don't want yes. they don't launch rockets, you know, when they launch the rockets from Cape Canaveral, they are not launching on the sand. They're launching on solid ground with God only knows how thick the concrete is. That's well put. That's well put. Bob, what people inspire you? Who are you inspired by? Who do you look towards? Um, who do I look towards? Um, I've always gravitated toward women. If it's possible for a man to be a feminist, I'm it. I'll let oh, the yeah. women decide that. Um, no, I've always... Um, you know, when I look at some of my nearest and dearest friends right now, they're all women. And it's not that I don't have guy friends. It's just that, um, I don't know. I've just always, always been more comfortable with women. Um, the scary part about that is I know every slang term for a hot flash known to goddess and womanhood. That's what I love about women. 
And that is one of my favorite things, Bob, because we really do share. I mean, I have a really close group of, you know, girlfriends and we do share and we're open and there's like, there's something, uh, um, women are able to be self-deprecating and we're, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, a, I understand why you would gravitate toward women. I, and, and I remember, you know, a, a few years ago, um, I sort of did something re regarding my anonymous groups. And, you know, I remember going to this one particular meeting for the first time. Um, and I basically, you know, I was, there were a number of men involved, which, you know, in the context of this particular group happens, but it's, it's sort of kind of rare. And so I'm sitting around the breakfast table and they're discussing, you know, who they know and what business and this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, okay, you know, cause that's not me. And, right. you know, but when I, you know, hang out with, I mean, I, little known fact about me, I learned to knit and crochet. Well, I knew how to crochet a little bit because my grandmother had taught me, God rest her soul. But I learned to knit because a, a roommate of mine in Miami at the time said to me, I'm going to teach you to quilt. I said, you teach me and I, over my dead body. I'm going to learn to crochet the way my grandmother did. He took me up on it. Anyway, so I, you know, when you're the only man in a room full of women, you know, but still they, somehow they knew I was okay, which, you know, I consider a badge of honor. Yes. Um, but it's just, I, I don't know why it's just, it's just easier. It makes sense to me. Yeah. And it's also, yeah, it does make sense to me as somebody who loves my female friends. And um, there's something about also you can get to the heart. We talk, we talk about everything and, and we really don't make a lot of small talk. You know, that old phrase of small talk. We talk about what is real and important and to us and in life. And um, so favorites, what about your favorite? Do you have a favorite book or a book that impacted you or a book you like? Charlotte's liked? Web. Oh, and why? E.B. E. White, Charlotte's Web. In fact, I dog-eared the copy my parents had. I don't know if they still have it or not. I actually bought a copy for myself. It's sitting on the bookshelf now. But I read and reread and re And again, I, I literally, it was falling apart the last time I saw it because I had read it so many times. But, um, you know, it may have been, that, that may have been what got me through my childhood was, oh. you know, here's this pig trying to live life under fear of death. Wow. And, you know, here's this spider befriending him. And it's like, maybe, you know, it may, I may have seen in the book what I always wanted in my life. And well, that's probably what it was. I saw in the book what I wanted in my life. And I mean, that, that certainly, I, I haven't read it in years, but um, it's sitting it's on amazing. the book. Um, I think I, I have another another book that is sort of um, uh, the, the, the children's author, Madeline LaEngle, who yep. Bruce taught with, I, I, I was shocked. Bruce actually taught with the children's author, Madeline L'Engle. I have the year, wow. he, 
he and I he was showing me his picture for when he was teaching in the Episcopal school in New York when he was wow he was always gorgeous but it was like but it's like I saw the picture and it's like oh my god I read her books as a child it was a, I think it's the book with the her Newbery Award winning book was A Wind in the Door. He bought me the box set for my birthday that year. So I have a box set of Madeline Engel. And some of these books I hadn't even read. She was amazing. You know, I had read some of them. I've read, you know, um, I believe A Wind in the Door was the first one. I'd have to look at it, but that was the Newbery Award winning one. I had read that one a couple of times, but you know, he bought me some that I'd never even read. So it was like, I, I follow her granddaughter on the Twitter. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm not good yeah. at the Twitter. <laughs> oh, so Bruce was a teacher, Bob? He, he, he had a bachelor's and master's degree in English. He was a teacher. He, oh. had, he had done an, he had been owned an antique shop in upstate New York. Um, British antiques mostly. I shouldn't say this, but I have one of those uh, beef eater hats, the black furry ones. He, oh, smuggled, wow. he smuggled it out of England. It's sitting that on the dining room cabinet. Oh, that's cool. That is yeah. really cool. But no, I, you know, you, you can see the camera. The painting behind me was one of his. That that particular artist, and I'll tilt it up my camera, that particular artist hangs in the Czech National Gallery. So don't ask me to pronounce his name. I can't. Um, but no, and, the, and there's yeah. a painting next to me off camera. Um, that artist is Cyril Richard. He hangs in the British National Gallery. Wow. So I have a, there's artwork all over the house. Oh, that's glorious. That really is. That's, that'll inspire you on a regular basis, you know, being surrounded by that. Um, what about a favorite quote? Do you have a favorite quote or do you have a quote? I, you know, when you have up the yearbook, I was like, I immediately remembered my senior quote. Do you remember your senior quote, by the way? I do. It was the line from fame. Was it, um, I'm going to live on. forever? <laughs> I'm actually going to close my eyes so that I don't see my picture to see how much hair I've lost over the years. <laughs> Hold on. Well, I will say, I think you look great. I, I just here, have to here say. It is. Here, this is the, this was the line from the, from the TV show fame that was around when. I remember it. I love that show. Yes. You got big dreams. You want fame. Well, fame costs. And right here is where you start paying in sweat. And that was the days when I thought I wanted to be on the stage. And yeah, you know, well, we won't go into we won't go into the gay genes I did not get. <laughs> that is really funny. So is that is that still your favorite quote, Bob? <laughs> um, I, I don't know that I have one. Yeah. Um, you know, my daily readers always have a quote at the bottom. Actually, you know what? I'm wrong. The journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Wonderful. Yep. That's kind of almost to me like that schedule thing, because yeah. when you are overwhelmed and crushed, okay, well, you have to take a step, you know, it, it can be well, so let me, simple. Let me show you this little tidbit I've known for a lot, a lot of years. There's a, and, and some of your listeners may recognize this when I say it. 
just for today, I will have a plan and I'm gonna grossly misquote it, but just for today, I will have a plan. I may not follow it exactly, but I will have it. It will save me from two pests, hurry and indecision. Nice. I love it. And you know, it's interesting because it's a double-edged sword because I'm one who always has a schedule. And then at the same time, COVID's, COVID altered that schedule. I did still have one, but I had to say, oh, wait, what exactly do I want? What have I done? What is my plan going forward? So, you know, an interesting, um, an interesting balance too, because I'm a rigid schedule person. I will just tell you, <laughs> even my family will tell you if we go on vacation, you know, I'm like, okay, this morning, you know, we're going to go here and do this and stop. We're going to rest at one o'clock. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, I have, I have a friend like that for the Disney trips. I get this, you know, we, yeah. there's this big group of us. We're all, we're all staying at, at Animal Kingdom Lodge this year. There's about uh, 10 or 12 or 15 people in the group group some are single some are couples but in any event you know sometime in the next you know I want to say around June not June May we're at sometime around mid-April Ed's going to send this huge spreadsheet with the days and the times and you know <laughs> that's me I love, you. I love you Ed really I do <laughs> and I'm I just, really love you Ed <clears throat> I relate to you Ed um so so Bob hopes and dreams you know you talked about um maybe going you know the massage therapy wishing for maybe another like life partner you know somebody um what are your hopes and dreams can you share a little bit about them well i i would like to meet somebody again yeah. um I, i'll you know there there's a there's a part of me that thinks, I, I, well, I, I'm really hoping in my old age, I don't have to be bisexual, meaning if I, if I want sex, I have to buy it. Um, isn't that, that, that's the greatest <laughs> joke I've ever come up with by myself. Um, no, I, I would like to meet somebody else. Um, I, you know, as you know, there, there were you know, two other widows in our high school class before me, there's one after me, you know, the, the two previous have since remarried and, and mazel tov, a blessing on their head, you know, it, I, but something I figured out, number, number one, and this is a good thing, I don't have the tolerance or BS I did prior to meeting Bruce. I just don't. Um, I've gotten a lot of criticism for certain choices I have made. And it's like, I won't make the gesture, even though this is not being uh, broadcast on the YouTube. I, I actually did watch your Sally YouTube, by the way. I'm thinking um, of putting them up on YouTube. And, and you know, I, I won't watch this one, but... <laughs> I hate the sound of my voice and always have. Um, but the other thing I figured out is, um, you know, Bruce was like a peak experience in my life. I waited 20 years to meet him. He was my first. I was his fifth, but that's another story. He buried three of his previous four. 
Wow. Three of his previous four died of AIDS. I and I don't know how this man managed to to still, you know. I would say, well, you know, I don't I don't know how he managed to do it five times. I yeah. really don't. Yeah. Because I'm struggling just get just to get to number two. Yeah. Um. But, you know, it's it's. And maybe I'm setting myself up for failure failure by saying he's really got to be amazing. But on some level, you know, he's going to have to be a little bit amazing. Of course, you deserve and amazing. And, and he better have a big rock, too, because I want the ring, damn it. Um, and a prenup. Oh. No, I... <clears throat> You know, you, you talked about being rigid with your, with your vacations. I've had to be rigid with my money with good reason. You know, oh. I know it took two incomes. I'm still in this house and it, you know, it's 11 plus years after Bruce died. I am still in the house I bought from his sister five months before he died. Wow. And I worried he wasn't he he wasn't dead two days and it's like oh my god am I gonna have to sell the house am I gonna have to sell the Disney Vacation Club timeshare you know all these other things um I had to be rigid with my money so that I could keep this house and it, you know it was really frightening because I had to replace the air conditioning and the hot water heater in the first year after he died that was not cheap no no. Now I'm no, now, the... now I, you know, now it was like, I mean, I redid the ki kitchen a couple of years back and, you know, we're, you know, I just socked away the money. I wasn't going on vacation so I could sock away the money and now I've got, but it's like in socking away the money. And of course I've gotten raises along the way. It's like, okay, the value of the house has doubled. You know, I've managed to sock money away, investments, 401k, IRA, whatever. It's like, and of course, I've, I monitor it and it's like, oh, that's a rather large number, larger than I ever thought I would get to in my, my lifetime. I need to think about a prenup for my next relationship. Yeah, for sure. Those practical things, for sure. Bob, what about hopes and dreams for... You know, it's a big question, but I always ask it. What do you wish others knew or would do? Or if you could change something in the world, you had a magic wand to change one thing. Don't get me started. Because, <laughs> you know, I, you know, as we're recording this, there is a bill advancing in the Florida Senate that has been called the Don't Say Gay Bill. So oh, if, if you'll, if you'll indulge that. me, gay, 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 gay. Yeah, don't um, say, I mean, come on. It's horrifying. Um, you know, if the, the one thing I could, if the one thing I could wave my magic wand, and unfortunately it's my magic wand is sitting up in the attic. I bought it years ago at Disney. It's a light up Mickey hand. Nice. So, um, Too bad you don't have it handy. Well, I can always do the Andorra thing. Um, no, I, <clears throat> you know, live and let live. 
You know, I said it earlier when I quoted the gospel according to Rockwell, all I want is to be left alone in my average home. You know, I mind my own business, please mind your own business. That is, that is the one thing, you know, I'm not hurting you in any way, shape or form. And what I do behind my closed door is quite frankly, none of your business. I go to work, I pay my taxes, I take my trash out. Okay, maybe my yard needs a little work, I will give you that. But other than that, you right. know. That's what you need, I, you need to find somebody who's good with the yard, Bob. <laughs> there you go. Well, the, the people I know good with yards are lesbians, so nah. <laughs> Well, Bob, let me just well, tell you, you can always come sit next to me. Always, always, always. Um, maybe someday we can do a podcast in person. Um, are there any, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wanted to share before we wind things up? Um, no, I... Yeah. You know, I, I can't think of anything. Um, I usually leave something up, but Bob, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being a listener that just absolutely, and a supporter. It's not like you just listen. You always support me as well. And I so uh, appreciate that and, and thankful for well, it. So let me tell you about me and podcasts. I've been listening to podcasts of one kind or another since... I want to say 2008. Wow. Yeah, I have a, I, um, there's a podcast out of Orlando, a Disney podcast. It's a bunch of Orlando locals that have been doing it forever, forever. I'm a late um, bloomer. Yeah. Um, so I've been listening to that one for years and, you know, my, my official Disney travel agent is a woman. She has a podcast. This is, this is the second one she's been involved with. This is one she's doing on her own. I was listening to her when she was involved in another agency. You know, I just, I, you know, <clears throat> when I was commuting to Miami for a job I had at the time, um, you know, I had one of the, I still have it, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I would download podcasts on this M MP3 player. This is this is how old I am. Wow. Um, so I would download it onto this MP3 player and I'd listen to it on the train because from where I lived in Fort Lauderdale at the time to my office in the Brickle section of Miami, it was easily an hour and a half. Okay, so you, you know, were, yeah. And, and two different trains because it, I went from Tri-Rail to Miami's Metro Rail system, which is their elevated train just to get to work because I didn't want to drive 95 into Miami is a parking lot any time of the day or night, oh. including weekends. Hate going into Miami. So what, I'll give you a, a parting question. What is your favorite podcast? Like what's a great podcast that uh, other people should listen to? I'm, a, I'm kind of a novice. You know, I started doing a podcast, which was my precursor to this, Two Mamas and a Microphone, before I had ever listened to a podcast. So what is a good podcast that's out there? See, the thing of it is, the, 
the ones I have bookmark bookmarked are yours and everybody else is a Disney pop. Well, actually that's what not- What do you need? The, the, I have, there's three Disney I follow, yours, and then a universal. And two of those are basically from the same group of people. The Orlando locals that do my, the Disney podcast I listen to also do a universal podcast. It's the same group of people. Um, but I think the, the one, there was one I used to listen to and it has since disbanded. But one of the gentlemen involved with it, his name is Len Testa and he does something called the Disney Dish Podcast with a gentleman by the name of Jim Hill. And a lot of it is about <clears throat> um, basically the history of Disney and why certain things in Disney came to be. Oh, interesting. Nice. Yeah. Um, nice. You know, like I said, I, you know, I bookmarked yours. Um, makes me you so know, happy. The thing, about, the thing about podcasts is there's just so many out there. Oh yeah, millions. Everybody and their mother, except me, has one. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it's true. And I'm like a big proponent that I think everybody should do it. It's a fabulous and enjoyable platform. But Bob, I don't want to take too much of your time on a Sunday morning when we're doing this. I am so thankful for your support for doing this. I can't thank you enough. That, well, thank you for having me. And Obviously, I will not be listening to this episode. Well, I hope you change your mind. I think you'll, I think you'll like listening to yourself. Okay, maybe listen to like I, five minutes. I've six. actually been a, been a guest on podcasts. Um, you know, I I was a guest when they were discussing disabilities, and and you know, and Bruce was disabled the last couple of years, and it's like I listened to it, and it's like. I wish I'd done this differently. I wish I'd done yeah, that I know. differently. And it's like, uh, tell so, me, tell me. I've gotten hard into myself. Just, you know, when you post it, I'll share it with everybody I know, and then they'll rake me over the coals. Okay. <laughs> Bob, thank you so much. I hope thank all you. of your dreams come true. I really do. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you again for having me. Always. Hey, thanks for listening. Giant thank you goes out to show advisor, Roseanne Griffiths, the talented musician, Bill Aronson, who wrote, produced, performed the Soulful Connections theme song. And a thank you goes out to Brad Sanders for creating the Soulful Connections logo. Love it. That's new this year. So much gratitude to these guys and to my friends and family who continue to listen and guide me. And once again, to you for listening. I would love to hear from you. Please shoot me an email at soulfullife at gmail.com. That's S-O-L-F-U-L-L-I-F-E at gmail.com.